Welcome to Gravity, the podcast about pulling clients into your real estate business. If you're a real estate agent trying to grow your business, this is the podcast for you. So sit back and relax and enjoy the ride. I'm going to start with this concept that I'm, I've been working on okay, and, uh, and see if we can make some something out of it. So um, what I am interested in doing, again, you're the test case, is um, we're going to create some content, some of the content you're using. We'll go through our content strategy a little bit deeper um, and maybe something we need to d- uh, develop specifically to um, your business. But we're going to use that content. I'm going to spend my money to push this content out. So I want some control over what the content's going to be because uh, I'm going to make that investment in you. Um, I'm going to take those leads and work those leads and try to get them to become approved buyers. Okay. So one of the concerns I had about turning over um, leads to a real estate agent. So in other words, like most um, platforms will just throw you a bunch of leads. Like I could go out right now on Facebook and take one of your listings and promote it on there and say, hey, if you're interested in this house, click here. And I can get a ton of people to click on that link and we'll have a lot of leads. Um, But those leads are going to just create a lot of busy work for you because what you're going to have is people who just like the pictures or wanting to see more or they're thinking about buying a house in eight months or whatever. Um, So you're going to get going to get all these leads and then you're going to spend all this time calling all these people who may or may not be in a position to buy a house, which I think is um, not a great use of your time. Mm -hmm. And agents have been doing this since the beginning of time. It's very common. People call in and, you know, respond to an ad or whatever. And, and they're just not serious or they're not ready. And so it creates a lot of busy work for the agent. The agents get frustrated um, when your conversion ratios are like 1% or less. You're getting 99 no's for every yes. It's it, it gets a little, it just beats them down. And so as a result, a lot of times, you know, the agents don't even want to mess with that stuff. So what we're going to do is, again, we've got the technology that's going to um, essentially manage or vet the leads for us. Right. So I'm going to send marketing out. I'm going to spend the money on the advertising. We're going to get leads in. Now, this, the AI is going to vet the leads to a certain extent. The, it, the AI can only do so much. It's Right. It can do a lot, but it is a little limited. And it's a, it's a we have to train the AI to answer the questions and lead the customer to where we want them to go. Um, the good thing about the AI is it's very consistent in its delivery. It doesn't miss, right? It follows certain rules, and it doesn't care if it, you know, had to run to the doctor's office or their kid's sick or would they run another appointment? The AI is just doing the AI's thing. So the good thing about that is it's extremely consistent and doesn't, it, again, it doesn't miss. So we know that every one of those opportunities that we generate are getting attention from the AI and following the plan that we set out for it. Um, so we're going to create those leads, drive them back into the AI, let the AI vet the leads. Um, and our what we're going to do is push for those leads um, to get approved for a loan. Because I know what you don't want is the AI to go, yeah, I'm interested in buying a house. The AI goes, here's a lead, Brett. And then, because this was happening to us quite a bit. Of course. We had the AI doing that. And then what was happening is um, we were calling the people and then they couldn't qualify for a house to start with. They had bad credit, you know, whatever. Uh, they were looking at houses they couldn't afford. I mean, there's a number of reasons that... Um, it wasn't a, uh, a viable lead really at the end of the day. So what I want to do is I want to vet these leads, put the leads in through the system, let the AI work the leads. And our angle is going to be to find out whether or not these buyers are actually serious about it. You know, what is their level of intent? And I think one really strong sign of a level of intent is if they're going to go and fill out a loan application or have a pre-qual or, or have they have a pre-qual letter, they skip that whole process right. and they go right into, yes, great. Send us a copy of the pre-qual letter and I'll set up an appointment with Brett and Brett will take you out and show you some houses. Yes. Um, if not, if they haven't got a pre-qual letter already, then we're going to push them into 
our lending partners, um, they, they have a website where you can go in and just do an application online. I think that's a real easy thing for us to do. So, um, well, I have a lending partner already. I don't know where are you at with um, I've, mortgage yeah, guys. I work with. Uh, like how tight are um, you? Like if I can, I want to run this plan with my guy because I'm my, I've been working with my guy yeah. for 20 years and he's already invested some money in us. And well, we really... was, well, basically, you know, I was going to make sure I had at least three to offer. Yeah, right. Right. So for, I mean, you know, I work with Craig Union Lodge because we're of the area we're in um, and it's the loans are very... Uh, Who's that? State Employees Credit Union. Oh, CQ. Standard okay. CQ, sorry. Gotcha. Because um, they have like 0% down products with no mortgage insurance, et cetera. Interest rate's a little bit higher, but interest rate's relatively are so low now, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, so, and then if not, then like uh, I got a buddy at Truist, um, and then I got some um, you know, brokers and other, other companies. So you but got two banks. I've been company. hitting a lot of CQs recently just because of their, you know, 0% down loan products. Okay. But, but I mean, um, that, you know, sort of a lot of work. So we, you know, yeah, between again, both of us, we have, yeah. Yeah, we can always, uh, if we get a client who needs something, a, di- a product that's different than the product that my guy's offering, then right, exactly. we'll just take them and work them through there. Um, my goal is to, like, try to push them just to this one guy, just to start with. Let's see how that goes. Um, and I'll, I'll get you in touch with um, his name, Dan, and, and you can meet him. Uh, again, I've been working with him since... 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do his closings. I've been friends with him for a long time. Sure. And now he's been partnered with us on the on the real estate side, and um, and he does a really good job, and he takes good care of the clients. And I know he's always going to follow up and do everything he needs to do to make sure that he's pushing the deal on to the greatest extent possible. And he would be a good resource once once we get him up and running. He'll shoot us some stuff every now and again, some leads too. So. Um, so again, the idea is going to be the system is going to vet these people. It's going to push a lead into the loan application process um, with this loan or lending partner. Once they complete the loan application process um, and they're they've been approved, uh, so the kind of the way I'm setting up with the lender, the lender's going to contribute. Their lender's going to pay me per application filled out and per lender uh, application approved. Okay. So that this is covering some of my marketing expenses. And then I'm going to have a pre-approved client, mm-hmm. which is then going to go directly to you. Sure. And then there's going to be a charge basically for that client for you to take it off and do your thing. Now we'll work through the numbers a little bit on that. Um, but it'll essentially be comparable to what we talked about uh, before when we were right. getting started. Now, yeah, there is. Um, okay, yeah. So there is, there is. Uh, well, I found this past week there is a company doing something similar. It was just bought a Realtor.com, and they have um, a similar set. But they basically have um, a call center, and so it's, and so they're not really using as much AI. I think they have some AI. I don't know the logistics, but I don't mm-hmm. think they have. They have like a call center. They have like um, you know people calling and vetting these people, and then. They'll ping you, basically put in their area. Yeah. Uh, your brokerage has to affiliate with this company. Um, and then uh, you can't affiliate as a single agent unless you have your own sole proprietorship. But anyway, um, and then you sign up with this company. You uh, tell them what your criteria is, your minimum qualification amount, your area you like covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then based on that, they give you essentially qualified leads. Sometimes they'll ping you. Hey, I got them on the phone right now. Are you ready? Ready to go? Yeah. Um, but... You know, and, I've, and I talked to a realtor who has some success with it, doing about $2 million in volume this year, just based on that. But I don't know how aggressive, you know, the situation is or how aggressive they right. are. Um, so I think, but it's already, you know, a proof of concept's already there. It's, it's becoming a thing. So we can even improve upon that. Yeah. I think, take it to the next level. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I, and I, again, I don't, I'm not aware of all the companies out there and all the different yeah, things. I, I mean, this there's is so much huge, huge business. It's just and one a money grab in every direction. Yeah. yeah so, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, right. This, whether or not I invented this concept means literally nothing to me. It's about whether or not I can execute it better or, you know, than, than well, the next guy. And the thing is you, whether I can execute it good enough to help your business and help good, our business. But so. Yeah, it seems, but like you said, the direction is going, though, is any good marketing company, especially in the real estate sphere, is going to need this type of angle where they're able to vet people and yeah. give them the next level instead of just throwing leads at me. We're having right. real estate agents pay for leads that might not go anywhere. 
So it adds a lot more value to have leads who are ready to rock. And using the technology at our disposal, there's no reason we can't do that. Yeah, so so that's that's sort of the plan. So um, first step in that plan is going to be obviously um, getting your content and positioning you properly. Um, so we definitely are going to need to add a, uh, a web page with some information about you on the web page. Um, I think what I'd like to do is build a landing page. So I really feel like that's sort of the start in the landing page slash your content page is almost the same thing. Right. Um, and then I'm probably going to want to build more than one landing page. So we could do several landing pages, um, based around certain things. You're a younger guy. So, um, you you might vibe a little bit better with like a first time home buyer um, versus you know the downsizing like we talked about sure, sure. like maybe like some sixty or seventy year old people sure um, what's your experience with first time home buyers I work a lot with first time home buyers so you like that I work with a lot of uh, so most of my investors and all my most of my primary owners uh, I've worked with are first timers a few you know or second timers than most. So what I'm thinking, all right, so you said you've got a good investor experience too. So let's um, do first time home buyer. Anything else that you can think of that would be sort of like a unique angle? Because um, what we want to do is we, we want to get our message out there that, you know, you're doing something that's cool or different or fun or whatever, right. um, or that you have an area of expertise. Um, like I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a guy that works with our partner in San Diego and he's doing a video series on how to basically get a house ready to go on the market. Clearly he's targeting sellers um, and he's got this video series and he's just pumping them out um, sort of on the regular. Um, so video is obviously one way and we've already talked about what we're going to do for video and we've, we've got a good plan for that. Um, but it, we can also do this through landing pages, articles, you know, blog kind of format. Um, so anything else you could think of that might be a hook or a draw. So first time home buyers, we got yeah, investors. Yeah, like, I like the population. And, you know, as far as what, you know, value I bring to that population experience is, of course, um, you know, vetting, uh, helping out, getting the financing as far as uh, what direction to point them to, because you know, based on how much they have put down, the first time home buyers might be a little, or they have a lot. Um, and also, um, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of their price point too. Um, but also having worked with it. So a lot of issues out there right now, of course, in this area, as competitive as it is, is you have first time home buyers and the most competitive price points going up against investors who are paying cash right. for properties, or, you know, at the very least putting 25% down, super aggressive offers. So being able to take that level of aggression, um, I'm accustomed to working with an investor side, help the first time home buyer with their angle, using the same, uh, figuring out what their comfort zone is, but letting them know how aggressive to be, setting expectations, but also adding that personal touch when they make an offer on that house. All right, so you're talking about uh, underneath first time home buyers, you're actually talking about um, what's the right preparing, price to preparing offer. Preparing first time home buyers yeah. to be as aggressive as an experienced home buyer or investor. So that their offers you know, obviously get accepted in the competitive market. And that is something we're dealing with a lot right now in the $200,000 price yes. range. Is that even it's getting, it's getting higher and higher. Is it really? Like, so what do you, what would you say is the, the range there? Um, again, it depends on what area, what product, but I'd say, especially sub 200. I mean, it's good to say sub 250 right now. So like say one twenty five to one fifty, two fifty or two fifty. Yeah. But but even going against other home buyers, I mean, um, as you go above those price points and it gets out of the investor realm, uh, being as competitive with the other home buyers out there. So setting yourself apart. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to figure out like what that advice looks like. Um. We'll just. You know, acclimate them to the market and let them know that, you know, we're not jumping in blind, but also that, you know, set realistic expectations. Hey, you want to be at this price point in this yep. area? This is how you, it's going to look as far as how aggressive you're going to need to be. Yeah. Now, if you want to adjust your criteria at all, make some compromises, maybe have some less competition, 
or give yourself some more opportunity. And that's another, that's another thing I like finding is finding um, maybe untapped opportunities, maybe uh, listings that have a lot of potential. For I wonder, um, what might be cool is if we could actually get a couple of these clients in here, uh, I mean, into the into your mix. Do you have any clients you're working with now that are going uh, there's through? One just went under um, contract. There's one just went under contract. One just went, you don't have any anybody who's in the hunt at this point? Uh, no, they're all under contract or closed. Be really cool to get somebody who's in the hunt, and then we. Um, well, that's the thing. I got video, I get them to close. I get them under contract too quick. You know, so quick that I'll try to streamline the process. I take months and months. Yeah. You well, know, get, absolutely. Get, you know, I had to get hit the ground running. So we got you know this this uh, you know this buyer who's under contract right now. You know, I met three weeks ago, mm -hmm. and we saw two properties, and she made an offer. A little week ago, but it was, you know, it was, it was aggressive, but market, it had been on the market a while. Um, but with some back and forth, finally got our contract, you know, a week or so later, so. That's really good. Yeah. Because uh, I know we just worked with a second-time home buyer um, who, I mean, we, I think, put in five offers before she got one. And what I'm seeing is the process is they start, they have the mindset that they should negotiate you know, they if the house is on the market for two fifty. They're like, well, I'm gonna offer two twenty five. Wrong. Um, and then so you you kind of tell them, well, it's not gonna work out. They try it once and get rejected. And then the second time you go back and they're and you're like, yeah, you need to offer at least full price. Well, I don't know. Let's if it's two fifty. Oh, let's try two forty seven. You know, like they get a little closer, and then they don't get that one. And then the third time it's okay. Uh, all right, we're gonna go in full price and do it fast, you know. And then it, they don't get that one. Yeah. And then it's all right, we're gonna go in full price for five k over. And then they're in the mix. And then they may or may not get that one. But that we're seeing it almost like a step letter approach because um, they're the psychology of what they think is a negotiation right. actually turns into like, oh my god, am I ever gonna buy a house? And then as that happens in their mind, they get a little bit better so you're telling me that you're able to express to them right off the jump if you want to get a house got, well basically you you know, it's, it's always you know i'm getting better and better at it but i'm getting uh, i've gotten a lot better at setting expectations and getting them where they need to be more more efficiently like any you know experience professional does with time you know cool. you get, get better at what you do and a lot of things so back in the day for example i as a younger real estate agent i knew a lot about i knew enough about the market having grown up here and just based on my own research that I knew, you know, what houses were going for. I just had a feeling for it, but I had trouble, I think, early on conveying uh, what I felt the client needed and having them understand that as far as like, and they tell me, I want to be at this price point in this area. Yeah. And, my, and I know that it's, it's really not even yeah. realistic, but I know you, you can be at this price point for what you really want. I think it's going to be worth it. And having trouble at that point, convincing them of that. And so they make, you know, offer after offer. Maybe, maybe two or three offers, and, you know, even if it, they know it's not, yeah. they know that I told them, hey, maybe offer more or whatever they didn't, even if it's not, you know, my fault per se for not getting the house, because maybe I say, you know, maybe I said I'll be a little more aggressive, they still made that association yeah. that I'm their agent, right? So at any subsequent offers, if they have a few heartbreaks, you know, they miss a few offers, um, then they're gonna make that association, hey, this is my agent. So they may, you know, we might part ways. Um, I mean, it only happened a couple times, but like looking back, you know, I'm glad with those experiences early on because I'm, I got more, I got more, um, 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 proactive about yeah. saying expectations early on. Hey, this is what you're really going to need to do if you want this. All right. So my, I guess the question then is, um, how do we, how do we build our content strategy to sort of bring some value to the customers so that they go, yeah, I want this guy to. Yeah, uh, I think it's so that's, um, that's what's going to be. We're going to have to get that across. So, right. and then how will we do that? Will we do that in video format? Will we do it in written format? Um, so that that'll be up to me to sort of track that out, and I'll I'll work yeah. on that. But I wanted to have like two or three pillars basically that I could sort of stick my flag in and say, okay, I'll work with. I'll get together with the team um, and say, all right, we're we're going to do a first time home buyer and here's where we think we want to steer it and then build the content around that. Um, obviously with you is sort of the, the focal point cause you're 
you're the product basically that we're marketing. Um, and so first time home buyers, um, I don't even know if, I, I don't even know if I'd overlap those. I almost think the, um, overlap. Well, I don't think it's just first time home buyers that are having the experience. Of, no, no, no. I, I think this I, is a busy market. I think, I think that could be a standalone. Like, how do you buy a house in a busy market? Sure. You know, everybody, everybody is hearing these things that are going on in the market. Um, but what does it really look like well, in maybe, practice? Right. Maybe a good, a good point in, 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 um, in reference to all that is maybe just um, basically iterating the point that um, it's not just first time home buyers who are having difficulty in this market. And that even if you're a second, third, fourth time home buyer, it might be a different market from when you bought before. Yeah, definitely. So they need to be open to be ready for this market at this time. Um, first time home buyer or not. All right, so we've got now we got four things. We got a first time home buyer, and is there anything uh, specific that you besides this that we just covered? Um, you're talking. I think you mentioned you want to talk about um, the financing and sort of how that works. Well, how know, much money you need to bring as a, closing? I, I was you know. a real estate agent. I can't give them financial advice if I'm not you know a mortgage broker per se. But understanding how it all works um, and understanding. Um, what their financial situation is more or less and so um, to put steer them in the right direction. So not only do they not get in over their heads, but also they're um, more realistic in our approach to, um, you know, to the whole process and set those realistic expectations. If you are at $250,000 price point, yeah. we're probably not going to be looking at Oakwood. We're not going to be looking at, <laughs> right. you know, you know, just, um, all right, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah setting expectations, but also making, um, preparing buyers so and making tell me about the financials. So we're talking about um, uh, realistic price point, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, have reserves what areas? in case you, you're bidding over. It doesn't appraise because you're more likely to have to bid over a lot for yeah. a lot of these. What properties. areas are affordable? Yeah. Uh, cash reserves. Appraisal issue, basically. Appraisal and closing costs, down payment. Um, what are you seeing in market right now for like down payment assistant programs? That used to be a big thing back in the day. Is that stuff still exists? Is that only like yeah, a, yeah? I mean, Lecrae uh, has, has something. Like, there, there's always first time home buyer uh, programs, and uh, there's some national ones. Uh, but each lender should have know about the national ones and also some have their own products. Um, so if you follow, for example, a true, uh, truest right now, there's a, um, uh, you can get a super low interest rate as a first time home buyer. If you make below a certain amount. Oh really? Yeah. So it's just income based um, in the sense you gotta make below a certain amount. So it's kind of, um, are you seeing, um, anything else in the marketplace right now? Cause I know like ribbon came out. Have you uh, used ribbon? Mm, what's that? Oh, you don't know about ribbon? No. It's always something. Um, new. We have to check it out. So Ribbon is essentially a service that um, a buyer would basically hook up with this Ribbon. And then Ribbon will essentially uh, approve them. And then more or less they buy the house on their behalf. So oh, kind of like Knock or something similar like in that realm. Like different but more like Knock is a different model. Ribbon, um, yeah. Ribbon is all about like giving you buying power. So you essentially will go in and make a cash offer. Exactly. So that your offer is stronger. Now, they started out originally um, charging the buyer for the privilege, like one or 2% for the buyer. Now they're fixing it so they're trying to charge the seller. The problem is, I think they've had a timing issue with their product, it's a good product. Um, but in a strong, strong seller market, the seller is gonna be like, forget you. So you really need to, pass the expense back to the buyer. So I think they may be between a sort of a little bit of a rock and a hard place. I don't really know how they've yeah, um, seen gotten some... through that. I know I, I met with the guys that was, um, that were operating the market here or launching the market here at lunch with them about a year and a half ago. And they were all former, like truly guys and big, you know, um, Silicon Valley venture backed, um, deep pocket businesses. 
Yeah. Um, all trying to just, you know, there's the open doors and all these companies are popping up that are trying to find mass solutions for what is essentially custom issues. So whether or not they turn out to be sustainable long-term is, is who knows, but anybody's guess. Um, anyways, so have you seen any other kind of products or companies or services like those um, that may um, be beneficial? We haven't, you know, used any percent, uh, yet, but I mean, as far as, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a lot of, uh, Enoch, um, uh, there's a lot of, of course, the listings. It's not still there, around. I haven't, I, I don't see any listings. I mean, not that they don't exist, but we were doing contracting work for them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's been a lot of, nightmare. you know, um, services, especially the listing side with like open door yeah. and Mark Spain. And if we can say all these names, um, you know, uh, that, so you give, so buyer does have that kind of certainty that their house is going to sell one way or the other. Now, I think they're leaving a lot of money on the table, but if you have a lot of equity in your house, and especially as fast as things are appreciating, it might be worth it to you, especially if you want to make a move on something. Yeah, I just on, know, um, on the buyer's side. Be, it may be good to do a little research and see if yeah. there's any tools out there. On the buyer's side, yeah. I mean, I can see, yeah. There, there's Because you have that leverage of being able to make cash offer, you know, it might be worth it. it might save you money. Yeah, money. check out that ribbon to see, okay. see if they're, I don't even know what they're, um, how they're doing with their market penetration or whether or not they've tweaked the product anymore. Um, it seemed like we tried to use them a couple times, um, uh, like about a year and a half ago, we had a couple of deals that were challenged um, with people trying to sell a house and not having the liquidity liquidity until they sold their house to go buy another house and not wanting to put in contingent offers. Right. So that was another strength exactly. of theirs. And Ruben felt confident enough that you were going to be able to, you know, they credit check somehow and knew that you were going to get approved for a mortgage. So they felt good about um they basically buy the house on your behalf. You live in it, pay your mortgage, which is essentially renting it, and then they charge you a fee when yeah you buy it and get them out. So um, services like that could be something could be talking points, sure, um, and differentiators when we're trying to like drive some people in here. All right, so uh, all right, I got that for the first time. Home buyers, investors. Let's talk about that a little bit. So tell me about what you would highlight with investors so that we can build some content around that. Well, we like, you know, the holistic approach, you know, every investor is a little bit different, has different goals, you know. Um, uh, some might be more speculative and be, I want to get that appreciation as long as I'm breaking even on my, my mortgage. You're talking about renters? Uh, Guys that are buying properties buy, Residence rent. properties for investments, mostly what I've done. Okay. Um, I haven't really gotten much. Because uh, I'm a flipper, I think, flipping. Sure. <laughs> I mostly do buy and holds residential. Okay. And they, of course, well, we also um, other company has a product management side, so they manage a lot of the properties. All right, so buy and hold of residential. So top, so hit some, so hit some highlights there. So what, what did you say that you would? Um, so we just kind of we pride ourselves more of like a holistic approach. So having talked to investors, figure out what their individual goals are, so we can um, you know send them the right so investment properties, long term goals. Sure. And personal goals. And every, um, you know, this this part of the market for an investment might not be a good um, investment for someone else with different goals. You know, they might not, they might not want, might not want to be in lower income areas for now, even though they might be better cash flow. They want maybe um, they don't mind breaking even as long as it's in a more affluent area where you know there's um, where the rental income is as um, rates are higher. As long as you're getting that, you know, ideally that appreciation. Uh, and it's really going to be based on what, so you're tailoring your approach to whatever it is they tell you. So yeah, and it's a lot of investors right? just very like, just show me the numbers. What's my turn on investment? I want to show them the numbers and then, okay, it looks good. I'll just go for that. And some will, you know, we're like, well, I, I want to, I'd rather be in this area or I want to be in this part of Raleigh. I want to be in Southeast Raleigh. Or I'd rather be in Cary Morrisville. Uh, so they have an idea of what areas they want to be or in. Or they're like, I'm open. You know, as long as the numbers look good. When they say I, I'd rather be here, I want to be there, is that because it's close to the where they're at and they're trying to manage the property? It could be some remote though. Some they some they like, just like an area because they think it's hot or something. Or they work or for a company that's based there. Like for example, it might be it might um, be based in like Massachusetts, but and work for Fidelity. But they know Fidelity, you know, and IBM and Glaxo and SAS are all around RTP. Oh, I want to invest there because I, you know, I just feel more comfortable with that for whatever reason. Okay. Or 
or not. They like, well, I just I'm open to anything, you know, just as long as numbers look good. I'm open to I need something turnkey, or I need something. I don't mind putting a little work into something, you know, and putting a little cash into it to bring it up, you know, up to speed. Okay. If I can get a better deal on it. So it just depends on. All right, so how's I know your video skills are good because you're a theater guy. Tell me, how, how's your writing skills? Really good, actually. Good. Yeah. Um, can you write something out for me on like your buy and hold, like kind of maybe even a couple case studies? Like I work with this guy. Case studies are great. Absolutely. That's a real. You know, you don't have to think or imagine or get creative with the language. You just write what you did and how that conversation went. Um, I think that could be something that would be valuable. So, like, if we create a landing page, and I could, um, it could work into a great ad, right? So, you you create three case studies. Case study one is guy who doesn't live here who wants to buy an investment property here. Case number two is guy lives, you know, whatever whatever your case studies are. Pick three. Three is a good number. Um, And then I can start. I can literally run an ad targeting real estate investors um, and the ad could say something to the effect of three case studies about investing in Raleigh real estate. Yeah, it's a great idea. And then that funnels them back into this um, landing page. The landing page says, um, here's the three case studies. At the bottom it says, um, I know we have some sort of, those guys aren't really getting approved for loans most of the time, but are they? They're, are they bringing their own money? Like how you? Oh, um, a lot. A lot of them are financing. Yeah, they are financing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work with a specific lender who specializes in? in uh, we, know, have, we have we have a couple, or... of them, and they're pretty much brokers, and they just work with a bunch of different lenders. All right. So I need to find a way to tie that together. So what we should have is these case studies, da da da, and um, to something to take the next step get approved for a loan and get a credit for, you know, a free piggyback ride from Brett, you know, whatever it's going to be. I don't care. I mean, that's why I made a joke, but uh, (laughs) whatever, whatever the offer is, we, we funnel them down through this, give them the information, let them read the case studies. They think it's valuable. They might go, damn, this Brett guy really knows what he's doing. Obviously what we're trying to get to. Um, And then we say, you know, fill out this form here to get in touch with Brett and get the free piggyback ride. Yep. And then they may call you for that free piggyback ride. Absolutely. In which case, make sure you're doing your squats. Always. So that you're ready because it could be stretch. Yep. A lot easier. Uh, okay. So I think that's a good one. So let's go with that. So let's do three. I need from you three case studies. I'll email you this later. So, you know. um, so I think that'd be a great one for um, investors. And based on your experience, it's going to be something that. Um, Ties right in with what you're doing very naturally. Um, all right, we got the what's happening. So we already know that's going to be video content. And then we just want to figure out where we're going to target that. So what do you think um, in terms of what's happening? Do you think that's something we would want to target to people who are relocating here and they just want to get a feel for the area? Or would you think we're targeting people who live here just want to keep in touch with what's going on? Um, in terms of... Uh, our target market or just our, our um, target um i mean i think our content should be appealing to both that's why i like you know possibly the, you know doing the uh the triangle beat angle is gonna be great for locals and you know people abroad cool. or not abroad but um outside not, the local yeah cool um i think that one's pretty obvious um it's just gonna be you have so much of both right now you know I think. it's gonna be it. i'm gonna have to test it so we're gonna have to split test so i'll run some ads in Raleigh mm-hmm. and surrounding areas. And then we'll run, we'll pick a couple of markets, New York, Ohio, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll split test them to see which performs better. Does, are we getting more views? Are we getting more hits? Are they coming back to the, um, whatever, you know, I may, we may try a messenger campaign for instant like feedback. We may say, fill out this lead form, um, and then we're going to get these leads. The leads will drive into the AI. The AI will respond. Um, yeah. So that that one is going to require some testing and some patience. So just know that one's going to take some time. These other ones, I think, could be more, more instantaneous. Um, 
All right, cool. Any anybody else you can think of of going after that might be low hanging fruit that would help us drive some traffic? Um, yeah, reloads are great. Investors are great for some of those are all your. I mean, populations that I've worked with and like working with and enjoy. And even even um, are these investors? Are they free agents a lot of the times? In other words, are they there for the scooping? Or are they already like locked in with somebody else? Like, are they easy to get? The investors? Well, a lot of them came to my um, my boss. I know they're easy for your boss to get. I'm saying, are they going to be easy for you to get? Yeah, I think so, based on my experience. Okay. So you think we run some some ads and we can pick up some yeah. ads around town? Absolutely. All right, cool. And and are they mostly local or are they all over the place too? Uh, both. So we can we can split test that too then. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be interesting. Cool, I like it. Uh, I'm trying to think of, and most of them that are local are re- are reloads. So they lived in some other major metropolitan area or whatever. Most of them are not originally based here. Okay, cool. I think we have enough to get um, a couple campaigns rolling. Um, and yeah. it's going to be a matter of so. The only problem with the investors is it sort of ruins my plan of. But honestly, I like you know like. I like working with investors um, and have had you know success with it, but I like I really want to focus more because honestly, a lot of, if a lot of investors are looking for for cash flow, the price price points we're gonna get the cash flow are just lower price points. Just, yeah. you know, which is nothing wrong with that, but like you gotta do a lot more volume to right. to make more money. Um, and then, uh, but there's some per you know uh, you build relationships with them, which is great too. Um, but I, I do like working with like first time buyers. I like the um, and I like to do more listings, but I have worked a lot with first-time home buyers. Maybe that's something I'd like to Is there any focus thing on. of value you could come up with for getting clients at price points that are more favorable? Um, well, honestly, as far as first-time home buyers, I, don't, I mean, I don't really mind the pro- the price point. It, and they're always going to it's going to it's going to be it's going to create a referral network anyway, just to right. how it works. And so most of my Clients now have come a referral base, but I started, I think I started resting my laurels a little bit. And not, I feel being like, aggressive enough. I feel like a lot of people target first time home buyers. So I'm sort of like, um, I don't say target them, but like just be uh, have a, be appealing to them, but also. Well, this is the marketing we're doing is going to definitely be targeted towards. So we need to be, we need to, I guess, my target market we, are people who are like ready to get aggressive in this heated market, you know, and want to have a lot of leverage. Okay, just trying to figure out like what type of campaign we could run on that. So, um, well, hell, we could run the same concept, three case studies for setting your offer price. And you could talk about three clients you work with and how you consulted them and how they went through it. And Yeah, I'm trying to think about how to go about doing that without revealing like our exact strategies because, of, you know. Reveal it, who gives a shit? Right, sure. Let them know. <laughs> numbers. I mean, like numbers wise. It. Numbers wise. Yeah, you're you're trying to provide value. You can't hold the value back and then be like, "I'm providing value, but I can't tell you yet." You have to. Oh no, no, I don't mean like not you know telling what, what I did. But I'm saying like as far as the like actual like with the But yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm not telling the actual numbers. Who gives a shit. We're been trying to build credibility with the client. Yeah. More credibility, but that that that's what's going to get. That's what's really going to work. As long as it's genuine and you're not, you know, bullshitting your way through that conversation. You yeah. actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're providing it, then we're going to I guess that's the point. Is just dri- make sure we that's sell. That's my job. I'll drive. Yeah. It'll make work. sure we sell that, you know, uh, I definitely care about the clients and want to give them the best chance to get the best, the best yeah, home that's for them. It. So, yeah. All right. So let's do that on this one, too. And I'll, I'll develop that more. It'll be more than just the case studies, but I think this could be really valuable. Like, I think the case studies is a awesome way for you to communicate how you helped clients, how you will help the client who's reading that case study. The client's going to be interested in the case study, especially if they've been hearing, if they're looking to buy a house and they've been hearing all the crap about the struggles of buyers getting houses in the market and losing deals and da da da. The last thing a buyer wants to do is fall in love with a house, put an offer on it and not get it. It, It sucks. It sucks for them. Of course, um, you know we. I've seen it just over and over and over again. And um, shoot, my dad just bought a house last month, and um, 
he the first house he found was the one um, Cameron had listed, mm-hmm. and he really really liked that house, and um, that was his first one that he put an offer in, and it was all I could do to get him over asking price. I I said, Dad, you're never getting this house. As a matter of fact, I said I don't think you're getting it at this price, and I got him like six or eight grand over asking price. And I knew I'm like that probably wasn't going to be enough, and sure enough, I, I don't think Cameron even remembered our offer, so it wasn't like we were in <laughs> second place. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I'd like to see what that place ended up selling for. Yeah. Cameron couldn't tell me when we had lunch because it was still it's in the contract. Probably close now. You probably look. Find yeah, I'll, I can find out for you. Find it out. Um, but you know, knocking you know, knocking one though. I uh, I feel like um, you know, people I've worked with, they always end up in the house they're supposed to end up in, even if they miss one or two. I just got to tell people. Oh, the yeah. main thing is getting that positive attitude, that mindset. Yeah. It's like it's not, you learn something from it, and it's, it's going to set you up for success in the house you're supposed to end up in. And so make sure that you I would say that. there's another bus every 15 minutes. Exactly. Just, you know. Um, now, don't, you know, we don't want to belabor it to where like you make useless offers after useless offers. Right, right, we right. want to make informed offers. Well, but at the same for time, for a couple reasons. Number yeah. one, it's not really in the best interest of the client. And number two, it's certainly not in the best interest of you. Sure. Because that's eating up time. Time is money. Every moment that you spend working with a client, um, while they mutter around and are unable to make a decision, is um, sort of kind of costing you money at that point. You know, we always budget a certain number of listings that we're going to go show somebody before they buy. I don't, do you have a number in mind where you're like to? Not really. I mean, it just it, uh, kind of the time frame. I'm trying to figure out when they want to, you know, get when they need it done yeah. done by. And just way exceed that if we can. I always know that the average is around ten. Someone sees about 10, the average buyer sees about ten houses before they. Yeah, I mean, I've had end up with something. Yeah. So like, you know, so that gives you a good barometer to gauge your activities off, right? If you it's, get someone who buys it in two, then that's yeah. a win. And so, if you get someone who buys it in thirty, that's an L. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of time invested in one client. Thirty, who, 30 houses. But um, no, but I um. I was going to say, um, but some people, uh, I've, I've found that people who are on the online realtor.com, Zillow, whatever, all the time researching, have a better idea of what they want out of the gate to make decisions a lot faster. I think it's when you kind of start from like here, like, oh, I kind of want to buy, I'm not really sure where, I work here, but maybe not working here, and I kind of don't mind telling driving though, right. I, as long as I'm within 45 minutes of they got to fall in love, the whole man. triangle, That's it's just it. like, you gotta so you, fall in love with the house. Once they yeah, fall in so love, folks, they they rationalize. So well, start, forty-five minutes ain't too bad. Yeah. I, I love this house. I want this house. Right. This is where I want to live. And that's then, about. But I'm saying like it can. So that that's when sometimes it can take a lot more. Like, well, yeah, we gotta yeah, see yeah. a house in this area. We got an apex. We need to go to this part yeah, of Raleigh. That's tough. See what you feel. See what you see. Like, but I tell them, you know, like, hey, what I would do if we're talking about areas. I think once you tell me what they want or have an idea, I might based on what they tell tell me and. And my, what I'm feeling from them, I don't say, maybe you should look, drive around these areas. I think you might, based on what you're talking about, kind of town you like, I think you might live in, in Apex, or I think you might yeah. kind of prefer Cary or, or parts of Durham. Durham has a great restaurant, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I have them kind of go, you know, maybe go drive around and figure it out. And then, like, you know, I drove around these couple names you recommended. I really feel that vibe and I want more like this. So I guess the challenge is, um, but yeah, but sometimes it can be. Uh, cool. So ten- I got a question for you. Sure. Um, I started out our meeting telling you about my idea from a marketing standpoint. Um, so rather than tell you what I want to do, let me ask you what you would prefer to do since ultimately in this scenario, you're sort of the client, right? Mm -hmm. So my concept is I'm fronting the money. I'm running the ads. I'm building your brand. And then I'm going to charge you money for any successful like if i set an appointment for you and you go show somebody a house that becomes an appointment i'm going to charge you for the appointment okay so you have no out-of-pocket expense until i deliver the desired result okay Okay. so that's one that's one concept um, from a marketing standpoint it's most companies don't do it that way because it takes a lot of time and you're the risk is sort of on me to deliver right most companies do it a different way, which is you pay me a monthly retainer type thing and or you pay for the marketing at the very least um, in order for me to promote your business. And then 
a lot of times a marketing company has a vague on top of that because they got to make money for the time they invest in sure. to help you run your marketing. Um, which of those scenarios is more appealing to you as an agent? Well, um, I mean, if I'm affiliated, if I was a separate broker from yes, your entity, about, yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. Then I'd say, um, I mean, I assume that per appointment would probably be what I would base it on. I would think. Yeah. Um, the reason I the reason I came up with that concept is is specifically that you guys, agents, most businesses are inundated with marketers who can do say they can do yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, and what ends up happening is the delivery is is poor. The agent or the business spends a bunch of money on this marketing, and and then it doesn't work or doesn't provide the value of which they're spending and then they hate it and they quit and they're like, yeah, screw that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, so I don't like to be that. I don't want to, I don't want to be in that position with the client. I already know what I can do. But you know, so, I, and I don't, and, and for, let me take it one step further. I don't think, let's say for example, I charge you $500 for every appointment I set for you. And of those appointments, you're going to close Say you get 50% of them. So now you've got five clients. It costs you $5,000. Your five clients generated you $30,000 in revenue. Say an average of six clients, you get five. So that's 30,000. So obviously if I said, I'm going to, you're going to give me five, I'm going to give you 30. You're going to do that all day long. That's a no brainer, no brainer concept. But if I came to you and I said, Hey Brett, I think I can get you five signed clients this month and I'm going to charge you $5,000, but you need to give me $5,000 today. You're probably not going to go for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or even if I said, I'm going to charge you $2,500. Yeah. But I need it today because yeah, I'm going to get on, like, start like, working. Like I said, it depends on a lot of it depends on your model. I mean, it depends on like if your angle is just marketing, like, Hey, I'm going to give you a social media presence. I'm going to make sure your your website you already have looks great. You need to do this, this, and that. Be a consultant. Um, it's going to drive traffic. You need to charge to give me X amount of dollars a month. But if you have some kind of AI technology and you're building a website, you know, it's, um, yeah, you just got to figure out, yeah, the nature of, of you know, uh, yeah. If you're directly setting the appointments, uh, which you intend to do uh, using the AI technology, whatever, um, what else you're using, then, yeah, it would be a per appointment or per transaction basis, which is more appealing. Because at right. least, you know, um, even if it's like, oh, I get extra percentage of your closing, great. It's like getting a referral from another agent. If you're like, you know, and if you're getting, and if your referrals are just as valuable as any other agent sends me a referral, then yeah, I'm going to give you great, as long as, you know, everything, all their licensures in place give you a, um, yeah. I got it. Yeah. All right, cool. So I just wanted to cover that, but I, I think I sort of knew the answer before I asked the question. I just kind of wanted to yeah, just talk it out. verify that I was on, on the, well, A, that you were understanding what I explained in the beginning. Now, obviously our deal is a little different because, um, well, it is a, it isn't, it isn't. So, and, th- and this is something we need to figure out. So our deal is I'm going to create all this content and do all this stuff for you. Um, but the expense of actually paying Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever we decide to put this stuff. Um, it's supposed to come out of your budget. Um, I'm just supplying you all this. I'm doing all the work. I'll do all that stuff. But if you, if you tell me you want to spend a hundred dollars a month or $500 a month or a thousand dollars a month, that's supposed to be your ad spend. Um, and so we, I'm fronting the cost of all of this, the camera person who's filming this right now and the copywriter and, and doing all this stuff. Although I just put some work on you to build these case studies just because I can't copyright your case studies um, because of your case studies. Although if you wanted to orally do them, um, we could walk you through all that. But, but anyways, um, the, the ad spend is supposed to be, you know, on the agent's behalf because they, they got to figure out what's a number that they can afford to spend each month. And then the house, us, which is taking a, a percentage of the, of the fee when the deal closes, which again, that makes sense. Um, so what we need to still work out, I guess, is um, this model that I just explained to you, the per appointment model is something I'm working on rolling out um, for other 
clients that aren't affiliated with our company. And uh, as a little bit of a different scenario. So we still got to talk about, about the ad spend and whatnot. Um, but anyways, uh, we can go through that. Let's get, let's just, we, we got a good plan here in terms of building some content. So let's get to work on that. And, um, and then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to see some momentum here. You'll start to get some content. We'll build these landing pages. We'll build this content. We'll, um, build the, you know, sort of the web page with your information on it and, um, start building all the building blocks, getting all the building blocks in place so that we can start running some, uh, some ad campaigns. And then we just got to figure out how much, uh, we want to do. And typically we start fairly small. Um, like I told you about this flooring company in Tennessee that I'm working with, I started his daily budget was $25 a day, which is not a ton of money. That's like what? $175 a week. Uh, very small budget. Started getting some traction, getting some branding, getting some clients in the mix. Um, we were able to get some people into the door and start setting some appointments. He started making some sales. Then we took the budget from 25 after we figured out we knew the ads were working, increased it to $50 an ad. I ran a second ad on top of that. So now we had two creatives for 50 bucks. And then the traffic really started picking up. And over the weekend, I noticed um, it even picked up further still. Because what's happening is when we're running that those ads, um, not only are we getting um, the direct response traffic. So in other words, I paid Facebook 50 bucks to put me in front of people who are going to click on my ad and say, yes, I'm interested right now. What's also happening is um, it's building up the brand. So people are going to the website. Um, my client in Tennessee got a call the other day, sold a job from a phone call. So actually didn't come through me. It's just because we we're building up his brand. Um, it wasn't someone who clicked on the ad. It's just they saw his stuff and they just came directly to him. So that stuff, that's what starts to happen. That's only, we're four weeks into this with him. Yeah. Four weeks. It's not a lot of time just getting started. And we're seeing that big time with our, our flooring business also. Um, all this organic um, traction that we're getting now on top of the stuff that's like a direct, someone re replied or responded to the ad that we're running. Um, so that's kind of what, it's like a multi-level strategy that we're building here. And on top of that, we'll build your Facebook page for organic content, your LinkedIn page for organic content. Um, who knows, maybe we'll get you singing some songs and dancing and get you on TikTok. <laughs> just because that's what they did to the TikTok yeah, platform. Right. <laughs> Can you dance? Yeah, best dance in the world. Dude, let's see it, man. Break it out right now. All right. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna do it. You see that? Uh, I wanna I wanna see it. Makes people happy. But um yeah, yeah, no, it's thinking, but um, yeah, just attacking, not attacking, but just um, be ready on all fronts. All right, so, cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. Building Brett. Building me. <laughs> Building me. <laughs>